Welcome one and all to episode 333 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have a very special interview with Joe Delaney of the band Joe Town. This is a really cool interview, really great vibe throughout, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. I know I enjoyed doing this interview. It's awesome. Let's check it out. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, a bit premature there. The interview with Joe will start at roughly the five-minute mark. In the meantime, just want to bring you guys up to speed with everything that's going on with Signals from Mars. On the 31st of March 2023, we'll be doing our Black Sabbath special. The patrons have voted. They wanted to talk about Black Sabbath this month. And for those that don't know, what we do is the patrons submit their top 10 albums plus a song per album. Based on that, each album is given a score. So if it's number one on your list, it gets 10 points. Number two, it gets nine points, all the way down to 10, which gets one point. I sum the total uh, for, for all the points that each album receives, and then I come up with a list that we talk about. And then from there, I also set up a playlist so that you guys can all enjoy all the lovely music we're going to be talking about. In order to be a part of the show, appear and vote, or if you only want to vote, you know, there are some people that just can't make it to the, to the live stream. Uh, you need to become a patron. Two bucks a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars, or you can go to signalsfrommars.com and you'll find links to Patreon and all the great social media sites where you can help spread the word of what we're doing on the podcast. That's signalsfrommars.com. Not only all the social media stuff, but you can check out previous episodes of the show. You can also find out where you can subscribe to the show. And you can find out where you can watch the live stream as it's taking place as well. Even if you don't subscribe, you can still chat with us during the live show. Uh, we do the live show pretty much every Friday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. I'm fucking that up. 5 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Jesus. Confusing it with Trivia Tuesday. 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. It is 10 p.m. in the UK and 11 p.m. Central European time. I just brought up Trivia Tuesday. That's Tuesdays on Twitch. And that is um, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. UK, 12 midnight for those of us, like myself, in the Central European time zone. So... Uh, there's that. And uh, just revisiting Patreon real quick, if you're on the fence with that. Just great quality music discussions going on there. People sharing 
uh, things that they're listening and watching throughout the week. We also discuss videos that I post from bands. It's usually at least three videos a day that I post and people just chime in whether they like it, whether they don't like it, whether they want to hear more, stuff like that. So if you're unaware of good new music that's coming out, it's the perfect spot for you to be. It's a troll-free environment. Everyone in there is great. We just love talking about all types of hard rock and metal. Some of the stuff people like, some people don't like. Some of the stuff uh, is not so great. <laughs> and some people are just into different types of uh, hard rock and metal. So anywhere from the extreme stuff to, you know, glam type stuff. I'll and everything in between. So there's sometimes even some alternative things get posted in there. Just whatever's kind of sent to me real quickly. Let me run down the patrons before we jump on into the interview. Just want to send shout outs to Sean Richmond, Chris Sinzak from Despo Geek podcast, who will be rock and pod expos finally here this weekend. Make sure you're there folks, or you can actually live stream it. If you go to any of the, uh, or actually if you go to the Rock and Pod uh, Facebook group, you'll find links to how you can stream it live and watch it for the next few days. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, Tony in Barcelona. We have Gene Eugene DX up in Canada, Anthony Mackey in Ireland, Ed Ferguson in Kentucky, Johan in Sweden, Metal Dan in California, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio of the Song Swap Showdown podcast in New Jersey. The Metal Dentist, Gabriel in New Jersey. Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal himself, yargmetal.com. And uh, let's see, Mike Jones in New Jersey. Jeremy Weltman, Mr. Patron's pick in the UK. We have Steve Hoker, Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokanator. Uh, he's also in New Jersey. and. Steven Saylor in Pennsylvania. Thank you all you guys for your support. Thank you for listening to the episode. As I always like to say, there's a million other things you can be checking out. And it means a lot that you're here checking this show out. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope this makes you go out and check out Joe town. It's an awesome interview. Hope you guys feel the same and thank you once again. Let's get on with the show. So uh, joining me today is Joe from the band Joe Town. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Glad to have you on here. And uh, we had Opus on a few weeks ago and he said, hey, can you help me out with some of these bands that I'm working with? I said, sure. Why not? Cool, so. cool, cool. Yeah, I've known Opus for uh, forever, uh, for a long time. We've helped each other out over the years, uh, going way back. So it's cool. Good, good, th good thing people helping people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously, you're no strangers. You're no stranger to doing any covers in the past. You've covered GNR. You've covered Motley Crue. But have you ever covered something as sacrilegious to some people? As, uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll by ACDC. 
Um, this is probably, you know, the mountain as, as far as like touching a cover. I mean, ACDC is like, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Right. Um, I, uh, you know, I, to the point that like, we've, we've been doing the song live ever since Carrie Glarney, the guy who plays the bagpipes, he's my other guitar player Mm -hmm. ever since he joined the band. Okay. So, I mean, you know, we're at a, it took a good 16, 18 years to like go finally, Hey, we got to record this. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a, it, you know, uh, I don't take that stuff lightly at all. Mm-hmm. Cause when I see someone do a cover and it's something like one of the crown jewels, like it's a different standard, you know? I mean, it's yeah. one thing you, you kind of do some, put your own stamp remake on something or reinterpret something, but like, there's no really reinterpreting ACDC. You either like right. you either get the spirit of it and like hit it right or it's a fail. Right. Like, I, I don't think there's any like gray area. We had a big head start because of the bagpipes, but you know, I mean, um, I don't know. I've just been a huge fan my whole life. It like kind of goes back to like, you know, wanting to play guitar and like mm-hmm. do things in the first place. So Right. It was, uh, it was it was treated with great reverence, especially because it's a especially being like a Bon era tune and something mm-hmm. from so early, uh, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's big. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> was there any hesitation on your behalf because of that? Um, There was no hesitation except for. You know, I mean, we you know, uh, I we cut the track. Um, I was fully prepared to scrap to scrap it and not release it or or not do it or redo it however many times whatever mm-hmm. I I would have like I would have like thrown the files in a folder and forgot about it if I didn't think it came out good. Right. Um, I mean we've been playing it for so long I wasn't really worried about that but at the same time I was you know you don't know what it's really going to be until you kind of hit playback and it's like, are we, are we, are we for real? Are we in the zone or not? And, uh, right. and I was happy with it. So we did it, but I, I would, I would have trashed it in a second if I didn't think it was up to snuff. <laughs> and sometimes that's hard, you know, it, when you record your own stuff or you're doing a cover or whatever, sometimes you don't look at it through the proper lenses or ears to, to actually say, yeah, this isn't good enough. You know? So, so it's, to me, it's it's a really ballsy move to take something like that and actually do it and actually do it well. Because no, like you're you. saying, thank you. Yeah, you know, a lot of people will will try stuff like this or any cover in general, and and you think, well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's two schools: you either put your spin on it, or you play it note for note. And it's it's hard for something like this to to stray any any in any direction because you know, you're, you're going to have, you, you have such a, f- a loyal fan base that loves that stuff. That'll shred you. That'll shred <laughs> you. Yeah. So, and you know what, you know what? I, I think my approach was, was good on this. Cause like on the other side, that would have been me. I would have been like, Oh, F those guys. They suck. What are they doing? Playing that song. <laughs> right. Right. Go on. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I mean, we didn't note for note, style do it there's a little bit of stray you right. know i didn't i didn't stick exactly to the guitar solos and i um 
and the bagpipe has like more of a like featured solo type thing. So mm-hmm. we stretched a little bit, but like on something like this, a band like that, and especially Bon Scott, like mm-hmm. more than any other thing, like it's the spirit of it. And if right. you kind of capture the spirit of it, it gives you license on the other things. If mm-hmm. you don't like quote unquote get it, right? Like more in the spirit, like not the notes hitting, like not that stuff, but like get what what it's really about which is you know it's a pretty rough and tumble take on on what it's all about to like try to be a band and like really get into the heart of that and like doing it justice because you know we've taken our knocks and and get it as well that that to me what it was about like the vocal and like what it's really about and like so people can like listen to it and like relate to it the same way as the original otherwise like i mean i mean i love acdc do an acdc cover of course i I just like you know they're in there they they whittle in and out of my top two all the time (laughs) so i mean it's not a stretch to do it except you know doing it right and you know get capturing the spirit of it i think and like that's the rock and roll part i mean if if I were to approach it like clinically, mm-hmm. I think I'd lose all of what that is. You know, I mean, playing the song for 15 years, like walk up to the mic and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's natural. If it was, too, I, I guess if it was too like planned and clinical, it probably wouldn't have had it, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, that, that's another thing too. I, I think, well, first of all, so many bands do ACDC and it's always the same songs. It's always, you know, Dirty Deeds. It's always, uh, uh, she shook me all night long, you know, back in black maybe. And, um, and it's cool. Yes. It's a very well-known song of theirs, but it's not the same old, same old. And, and like you're saying, a, a lot of people's takes, especially when you get into hard rock or metal, the first thing they do is the distortion is turned way up which doesn't really fit the songs, you know, uh, or it's the opposite where it's just way too over-processed guitars and it just sounds very bland. So you guys sort of found like a sweet spot there. I did not want to make a metal version of it. <laughs> like that was conscious too. It's like, right. you know, I mean, like keeping the gain in like, you know, the, the Malcolm zone and, mm-hmm not overdoing that stuff because it's so easy to do it i mean if it's like yeah you know if it was uh you know if it was like a shred tone it would it would ruin it i guess <laughs> right yeah uh you guys did something else that i've always thought was cool uh going back to seeing other bands do similar and that's you guys did this video on a flatbed truck and i can always remember uh, seeing the Stones uh, doing that uh, in the mid '80s, I remember Dokken had a video like that as well, and I always thought it was so cool. I'm like, holy shit, they're playing! You know, they're going on the back of a truck, and all these people are following them or seeing the music. I thought it was just so cool. So, um, how'd that come about? Well, you know what, we started doing. I mean, we we play gigs, we play, we do club gigs, and we play venue style gigs but we started doing these like public event civic event type things mm-hmm. because with the bagpipes, I mean, honestly with the bagpipes and I have kids that are like in like, uh, like teenagers mm-hmm. 
And like, I was like, I was like, we got to do some things where it's like, not, you know, I, I just kind of snapped. I was like, I, I you know, we got to play some places other than friggin' bars. <laughs> like, you know, there's people who like music that like aren't 21 and hang out in bars. There's lots of, yeah. Actually. So I was like, we got to do some things. So with the bagpipes and everything, we started doing like St. Patrick's day parade stuff yeah. and started doing like, um, town events and various parades and things like that. And we decided to like line up the truck thing for the St. Patrick's Day parades. And it just kind of came together. And that was part of the reason for doing the the tune mm-hmm. was like, we had, we were already doing all that stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like the original video they did. <laughs> I go, we should just like, we should do the tune and just kind of do the same thing. Like not try to copy their video exact, but I mean, right. it's going to be that because it's a band on a truck rolling through town, regardless of what we do. Mm-hmm. So let's just do it and like kind of unapologetically just go for it. And why not? I mean, uh, if we, like I was saying before, if we get the spirit of the whole thing, people will get it and it won't be cheesy. And, right. and then, you know, um, I mean, it's been the closing tune for us for so long. It's like, why not have it at least documented and out there? And if someone wants to know, it's like, what are these guys like live? You take a look at that. It's like, well, okay, that's pretty rock and roll. I get what I might see if I went and saw them somewhere. <laughs> that's cool. Um, you mentioned that if this wouldn't have worked out, you would have scrapped it. Are there any covers that you guys have tried over the years where you felt that they just weren't up to snuff and you had to scratch them? Or just too weird or just, <laughs> I mean, there's oddball stuff. I have, I have a lot of tape. Cause you know what? I mean, a lot of times we'll just be in the studio and like cutting like an original song mm-hmm. and in a break, something kicks in and like the, the, the machine's rolling and you get it and it's like, Oh, yeah. that's cool. And you like, forget about it. And then like you listen and like some stuff is like, Oh my God, we kind of nailed that. We should like, we should finish it, mix it and like put it out. And other times you're like, okay, we'll just leave that right there. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, uh, I, I mean, off the top of my head, like more bizarre things. I mean, I, there's a, there's a version of the beat goes on by Sonny and Cher. Okay. <laughs> there's uh, a version of spinning wheel by blood, sweat and tears that right. I never put out. That one actually came out pretty good. Um, uh, and a bunch of like, old rock and roll stuff that would pop up like mm-hmm. Chuck Berry, little Richard, all that type of stuff. And some of that stuff's good, but it just never, I mean, I should, uh, you know, once in a while, like something will pop up and somebody will be listening and I'll show one of the guys in the band. Cause some of the stuff is from before them and, you know, right. mix up and it's like, uh, you know, we should put the Joe town's party favorites record out eventually of all this stuff, all these like, it, I mean, it's like kind of cover band stuff, except it's all right. done like kind of at a good level of of like production and approach and and our take on it. So yeah, there's a, there's there's a bunch of I've we've done a bunch of good stuff and a bunch of stuff that is definitely in the trash bin, <laughs> <laughs> cool. which happens if you know if you're not afraid to try stuff and have fun. That happens. yeah, yeah, that's cool. In recent years, you've been putting out just singles. Um, any reason why you preferred to take that approach as opposed to putting out album after album? Yeah, there's two reasons. Uh, one, I'm not confident in people's attention span to to look at one, more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. 
And two, I've done a lot of records and records are pretty hard to do. It's okay. a lot. It's a big commitment of a lot of songs mm-hmm. and it's a lot all at once. And so between like, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if people give a shit whether I do a record or not. Like right. people seem to like the one. Here's a tune. Mm-hmm. It allows me to do a video every time. Okay. Just because the amount of time it takes, I can do a tune and it comes with a video and do that for everything. Mm-hmm. But if I had like a collection of tunes that like had some sort of cohesive element or theme, right? Like, I mean, not like it's. You know, I'm not saying it's like uh, gonna write Tommy and put out a, a, a rock opera, but if I had something that was cohesive enough as a theme, right, definitely force myself to make that as a record. Mm-hmm. But it's been kind of tune by tune, so uh, it's yeah. been working like that. It's a weird world. I mean, look, I grew up in the go to the record store, you know, save your money, ride your bike to the record store, and. Mm-hmm come home and slap it on or whether it's a cassette or whatever. And that's yeah. the world I come from. So in my mind, it's like, I always think like that, but mm-hmm. in reality, I mean, uh, I see how people consume music and it's just, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad vinyl's coming back because when I do a record, I'll make a record record out of it. Right. But like uh, so much of the consumption is just, it's just click and go and check things out. And mm-hmm. um, without a theme, that cohesively ties together or I just get such a bug up my ass. I have to do an LP just right. because, because of vinyl. Uh, and I just, I, you know, at my age, I never had a record out. I never had a vinyl out. Right. I've had, I've had a million cassettes, CDs, you know, streaming, everything else. But like mm-hmm. just the age I was at, like vinyl had vinyl had exited the, the conversation for the most part. Yeah. So uh it's kind of a th- it's definitely a thing i want to do so uh kind of convoluted answer but uh, <laughs> no. it it may it makes sense though i mean it's something that you know i see a lot of older bands that are putting out full albums and then you go see them live and maybe they play one song off of the album and and i think back to as you're saying you know 70s and 80s and even beginning of the 90s band put out an album, they were playing four or five songs off of that album to promote it live. So it gave you a reason to go out and get it. So now a band is putting out 12 songs. They're playing one song live. It's kind of, what's the point? Yeah, that makes it tough. That makes it tough. And I don't know if I would be any different. I guess I you play a lot of songs off a new record if they were there. Last, last time I made a full length, you know, I probably played half the record. Mm-hmm. every night or more um so yeah is it, you make a good point yeah yeah i, I mean then again you, you go see your favorite band you want to hear all the you want to hear all the cuts you want to hear from them and if they just if they unload the whole new record on you and do, and don't wow. hit on enough of the things you want you get that pisses you off too <laughs> that's uh that's 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 iron maiden and playing an album front to back when you know, I, I I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult because if you've been around that long and you've got that much of a catalog and then it also comes down to, well, do you want I mean, to you got an hour? And a, you got an hour and a half. You should be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, do you have any plans for dropping any other music this this year? Any other single? Yeah, actually, there's another single coming out tomorrow. Even. 
Oh, okay. Wow. Cool. So this has kind of been a one-two punch right now with like the bagpipe thing mm-hmm. with Carrie. So we released the long way uh, video and single, and then we have an original called Irish Blessing that drops tomorrow. Okay. And that is uh, that's another video shot from like a lot of the same type of events, different mm-hmm. feel to it and stuff, a, a little more concept and not just on the truck. And right. then, uh, but that's an original tune with, uh, with bagpipes, big rock song, but not like, uh, not a cover. So okay, um, we're excited about that. We wanted to do the two songs like right around uh, St. Patrick's day because of the themes and everything. Right. So, uh, and then, uh, and then I should have another, uh, I should have another tune looking at uh during the summer there'll be another release so that's the other thing you're talking about singles versus records you know with a record you know i'm gonna drop the record and i'm not gonna be able to really muster up enough to like between production studio and everything to do another record for a year Mm -hmm. if i'm releasing singles i can probably release you know you know five with videos five six a year Mm -hmm which is kind of fun. So, you know, yeah. um, it's kind of, kind of what I'm doing for now. And let's say, you know, uh, we record, record a bunch of songs real fast and it's, it becomes a record. <laughs> okay. Well, you could always also do like they did back in the sixties, just collect all the singles that, uh, didn't make an album and just put them together. on. And an album. just put them together. Yeah. The, that's what, uh, yeah. Opus mentioned that too. He's like, well, you know, once there's 10, you might as well put the whole thing out. I was like, yeah, right. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I never think of making the record after it's been out, but that right. is. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been around since the mid nineties in the, uh, new England music scene. Um, is there any band that you saw? Because I mean, we've seen big, huge bands come out of that area. Um, is there any band that you thought was going to be big that never ended up making it? Hmm. Yeah, there's a. F- I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess big is a relative thing. Right. But as right. far as doing something, I mean, I was producing a lot of bands late '90s, okay. early 2000s, and stuff. Uh, so there, you know, I believed in a lot of that stuff and thought it should have done more or done something. I mean, uh, Opus's old band, uh, Gargantua Soul was really good. Right. They were a cool thing. I produced their first record. Um, you know, and then there's the bands that don't really do anything. Nothing amounts to it, but like, there's like a song or two that's just epic and great. There was this mm-hmm. band in New Haven, uh, ill face, you know, who had a, uh, you know, it was like, we, I, I I thought they had a, a new genre of uh subgenre of gutter metal. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, they had, they had a couple of tunes that was just brutal. Like, like you listen to it and it's like, gets you, gives you that feeling like motorhead gives you. Right. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool like that. So there was a, there was a, there was a few bands, but uh, you know, then you listen back and it, you know, it's tough. Eve, I listen to my own stuff from way back and i'm like yeah something could have happened but i I could see somebody passing on some of this too (laughs) right (laughs) time does a a lot to it but uh but you know i mean uh it's there's there's bands everywhere in every region that Mm -hmm. are friggin' awesome and and stand toe-to-toe with everything that's out there Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. You know, yeah. um, it's uh, uh, there's something cool about 
kind of what's happened with the internet where a lot of that stuff seems to be getting sort of rediscovered where like maybe there's a local element a local little regional element to something that never really got out of that bubble mm-hmm. and and now people look back or there's a reunion show and people go whoa that was like wow that was really something and i think that's that's kind of happening and it's kind of cool for bands that they can break out of the bubble where normally you know years ago you couldn't mm-hmm. you just right. i mean you could get in a van and hope it works out good but it's kind of hard to get out of your area and you know uh it wasn't as i mean there's a blessing and a curse to everything everywhere but um it's kind of it, it it is kind of cool that i i see little i see stuff being rediscovered and um uh things that were regional become bigger than that it's pretty cool yeah and what do you think makes that region specifically special when it comes to this kind of music? I mean, uh, I mean, every, I mean, every, re- you know, I've traveled a lot, so every region puts its little stamp on things. Right. And, you know, in this area, um, I, I think, you know, I think it always reflects like the kind of people in the area, mm-hmm. uh, just the general, uh, you know, just the, the, the social culture of what's going on. And, you know, I mean, it's the Northeast, you know, people get shit done. There's not a lot of people, people's not sitting around, you know, uh, it's hustle, hustle, hustle kind of area of the world. People are go-getters here. And like, I think a lot of the, when I listen to music from this area, whether it's heavy stuff or anything, there's just kind of a, you know, uh, there's a go-getter vibe to it. You know, and there's an urgency. There seems like there's always an urgency in the music. Um, It's not really laid back. And I think that's like you can see that in the style of music in this region where, you know, I mean, you go down south or out west, you're you're not going to get you're going to have some of that, but you're not it's going to sound different. And there's not going to be that just go getter sense of urgency that happens in the northeast. I mean, uh this part of the country, this part of the world has, I think like the hardest working people on earth. So I I think that comes across. Yeah, absolutely. I'm originally from New Jersey, so I can, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the the whole Northeast. It's just thing. people, people are not sitting on their hands. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that, all right, so the single drops tomorrow. There's a single hopefully coming out this summer. Uh, as far as shows that you guys are going to be playing, what do you have lined up? Uh, this Friday, I got a show. Uh, this, is, this is a hometown show right in Wallingford, Connecticut, where, where I'm from. So this is, and it's on St. Patrick's Day. So it's just kind of, uh, it's a release party, St. Patrick's Day type vibe. Uh, we're playing, it's, it's Cherry Street Station. It's been there forever. It's our buds. So uh so we're doing that Friday. And then I don't have anything booked. I've been looking at a bunch of the different like public type things. Um, um, a lot of fairs and everything that are like midsummer into the fall. That's when a lot of actually late summer into the fall is when a lot of those happen. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we're kind of bouncing around and just uh, I mean, it's funny. You talk about the region and like the localized aspect of stuff. It's uh I mean, in reality, like our, a lot of our best gigs, I mean, we can draw some people, but it's like a tribute band world at the club level mm-hmm. we live at. 
like you know because you know at the enorma dome we'd be fine right but at this level yeah but at this level you know i mean uh, we tend to do our best like opening up for a tribute that really does well and mm-hmm. I guess it's maybe a reverse of what it was once upon a time, but uh, right, like a really good original band that like stomps the place to the ground, opening up for a bunch of people making believe they're whoever seems to work. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all who it's all which ones we do. Like, uh, you know, I mean, when we open up for like a Sabbath or Metallica tribute or a a Zep tribute or something, well, and some are are amazing. I mean, I'm I'm amazed at the detail some of these guys go to right. to like recreate things exact, but um, you know I mean in our own little way we'll just like uh, we approach it you know it's like we approach it like oh well we got to kill it because we're opening up the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a good way of looking at it. I mean I've I've played in a in a tribute band over the last few years, and uh, and it's funny because I get a lot of backlash from certain musicians and i say i'm just having fun on stage dude it's a know? gig it's a gig right yeah you, yeah, go, yeah. you go play the gig yeah. yeah i mean and it's like you know what uh people uh people respond to it i what i think is interesting is that people have 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 responded to the tribute thing and really kind of abandoned the cover thing where there's a band that plays kind of an array of songs right. and maybe like really good but they mix it up mm-hmm and it's like, I, I don't know, maybe it's like the, fo- there's like a certain focus. It's like, you don't have to think about what people are going to do. Like, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And and I think another thing that you touched upon before is playing shows where, you know, a bigger crowd can come in, you know, a younger audience can come in and check out stuff. You think about ticket prices nowadays. And for a lot of these tribute bands, you know, if you want to see a Metallica or you want to see, one of these other bands it's not cheap and uh, you know i i can't believe how much it costs to go see uh a metallica or something like that i mean it it, you know i mean it starts with a it's got three digits and starts with a two in front of it i mean come on yeah no well imagine taking a family to that you know so i know know. it's and you know i i I have a family and uh, we talk about it all the time and it's the same you know, I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, it's no different to go see a sports team. Right. It's like, it's just, it's just, pricing is just brutal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have fun with it, though. Uh, like, we, uh, you know, uh, there's certain times where you can have real fun with it. Like, like we've opened up for, like, Sabbath bands. hmm And then we'll play Sabbath tunes. We'll play a Sabbath tune, but from one of the other eras on them. So they're right. an Aussie, they're an Aussie era you know uh sabbath band and we'll play like and we'll play trashed off of born again right <laughs> so you can have some fun i guess yeah, yeah. And the audience is like what the hell's going on right <laughs> so it's fun we have we have fun with it and uh i have so many buds that are in uh uh so many so many of the bands it's it, it, it's cool yeah awesome where should people go to uh keep up with joe town the best place to go for new, the best place to go for like new music and stuff is just to go to uh, joetown.com. Okay. And whatever the newest thing, the video will be up like right on the front page. Okay. And there's links on that to to our merch store and Facebook and everything else is fun. I would say uh, for gigs, Facebook's the best place to go. Okay. Um, 
Uh, but all the links are right at the top of the website. So uh, it's joetown.com. If you go there, you can pretty much get to everything pretty quick. Awesome. Well, I do want to thank you for your time tonight. And Absolutely. yeah, I hope you guys have a, a great show this Friday and can't wait to listen to the, to the new song as well. Anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? No, just thank you for having me on, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I'm glad the AC, the, the cover of uh, Long Way to the Top, um, you know, got me on here and stuff. I'm, I'm really proud of that. And um, it's a cool, uh, uh, it's cool that people are responding to it in a positive way. Uh, like you started the interview, I was not, you know, I hope for the best, not 100% sure, but everybody's been cool with it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, anytime you want to come back to uh, talk about anything else, you're more than welcome to do so. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Joe. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. See you. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 